This week, last week, I was on a, a Zoom. So the way it works is, um, Avi Fishoff was making a, a Zoom. And um, Avi Fishoff. It's fine, it's irrelevant. Fish off? Yeah, fish off. Yeah. What it was, there was a family, a family of, I don't know, each side of the, the, the mother and the father probably had each like 10 to 12 siblings. And um, they get together on, on a Zoom. There were a lot of people on the Zoom. Grandparents, uncles, aunts, everyone. And the conversation was that these parents have, um, have uh, I think, two kids that are severely, severely, you know, uninterested in uh, Judaism's, the least of their problems. Uninterested in anything. So he puts together the whole family, and the goal is to get them all to have a conversation about how if you give love and, and, and uh, unconditional love and how you give it, then you can actually change the child's life. Not here to argue whether it works or not, but that's what he's doing. So um, in the conversation, he brings up the following story, and it was very powerful. Now, he deals with it a lot, and I know, because I deal with him, a lot of the cases over there that go on. The story was this. There was a young lady who, um, she was 18, 19 years old, and one day she decided that she was done with life. <clears throat> this is, uh, took place recently, a story a few months ago, and she was done with life. So... She didn't want to commit suicide, because that's not, you know, a good option. But there's, I guess, better ways to do so. She took 40 pills. Um, not Tylenol. But, you know, I mean, I guess it's very difficult for us to understand, but you don't need to do, like, the old, in the olden days, when you did drugs, you had to, like, take injections and put it into you, like, a whole system. Now that it's very simple. You get it in a drugstore, you just get 40 of them, and you just take enough of them, and, um, yeah. And then it's over. <clears throat> So she started to take the, the pills. She went to the bathroom. What? Kids are very weak. Yeah. But this is real life. In a from family with everything else you could be scared of. Yeah. So anyway, she took. Uh, she went to the kitchen, and the miracle was that she didn't do it in the kitchen. She uh, she took a cup of water, and. Uh, and that's part of the miracle. And she went up to her room. And she was in her room. No one else is in the house. So now she's in the room by herself. And she starts to take the pills. Each pill needs a drop of water. So she took one pill with a drop of water. Two pills, three pills, four pills, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then she ran out of water. So she couldn't take the pills without the water. Now, had she been... <laughs> a week, right? <laughs> <laughs> Had she been near the the faucet in the bathroom or in the or in the kitchen, then the story would have turned out differently. But as a result, she was forced to break. And when she broke, she had to leave the room. So she had to go down to the kitchen to get another cup of water. Except that here's the next miracle. What do you do if you leave the room while you're trying to take pills and go down to the kitchen? What do you do? What? You what? No, no, no. Come on. People. People. Come on. When you leave the room for, you're going out of the room for two minutes to get some water. Oh, you get distracted. What do you take with you? 
A phone. Come on. What are you thinking? <laughs> you can't leave a room without a phone. Right? Who cares what you're doing? So she's, she's downing her pills and she doesn't need, she's not going to need a phone very soon. But she doesn't know how to leave the room without the phone. This is real. So she takes the phone and holds the phone. And of course, she has to see who's text, on, like, who's, who, who's looking for me. <laughs> By the way, I had a meeting the other day with another one of my fundraising guys. Um, and Did you I sat down. No. <laughs> and I sat down him for an hour. And you know what he told me his biggest problem was? He says, it's the middle of a day. I sat with you for an hour. Did you notice that my phone didn't ring once? Did you notice that no, and look, no texts. I said, what's wrong? It's so nice. He said, it's 12 o'clock on a Wednesday, 12 p.m., and nobody <coughs> needs me. Nobody is looking for me. Nobody needs me. Do you see the feeling of irrelevance? So you got him No, a different guy. Anyway, so the young lady goes downstairs to the kitchen to get some water with her phone. When she goes down, she's checking her phone. She still has, you know, a couple minutes left. So then she looks at the phone and not, no one's calling. So she's sitting there with the phone and she starts to take the pill back to the room. But her phone was with her and she starts taking the pills. 11, 12, 13, 14. She was already up to 18, 19. It's getting very serious. And then the phone, which is now in her hand, because she went to get the cup of water, rings. And who's on the phone? The pharmacist, because she did the real purpose. <laughs> her mother week, week. is on the phone. Her mother's on the phone, and she's calling her now. And the first reaction is, just swipe that way. It's like, like this or like that. Life or death. That's what it is. That was what the question was. Swipe to the left or swipe to the right. So she looks at the phone and she's about to swipe to the other side and say, Ma, don't bother me right now, I'm busy. And instead, she saw on the phone, this is the story, she sees on the profile picture of her mother. What's her mother's profile picture of all her kids that she has? Her profile picture was a picture of the two of them together. And the mother is hugging her in the picture. It was a picture of them embracing. And she looks deeply at this picture while the phone is ringing. And she realizes, as she describes later, that um, I think my mother's going to miss me if I do this. And maybe I shouldn't do it. So she swiped the other way. And um, she swiped to the right. And she answered up the phone and she says, Ma, call Hatsala, I overdosed. And, um, and she was saved. Why was she saved? Because the picture had a hug on it. The question at hand is, what does it take to provide self-worth to your child? More importantly, what does it take to provide self-worth for yourself? And I want to ask you the question, and then I want to offer an answer. But anyone? Solution? Feel free. I'm going to excuse myself to start with my challenges. Um, Everton, thank you very much. Thank you. You have enough at home or do you need no, to call the pharmacy? Okay, I'm going to suggest my point and then I'll open up again. I just want to make sure you don't go home. And okay. I, want to, I want to just make, make the following suggestion. 
And it's very important. Okay? It's all worth it if I just get this part across. Here's the point. What we need, what we need as people always is someone to... Right. How do you give yourself a hug, Moish? You know how? No, no, really. What you need is... No, I'll tell you how. What you need is someone to identify with whatever feeling you're having at that moment. It's called empathy. What you need is, some, when you're feeling down, or you're, when you try it on your child, you'll see if it works. When your child is feeling down, don't answer up and say, don't worry, mommy will take care of it tomorrow. Right? Again, back to the accountability, this is the point. Don't think about what you're going to do tomorrow to save. Don't worry, we'll do that to save, we'll do that day. What you want to do is just some very simple thing. Bubbleh. It feels like you're very, and identify the feeling for them, whatever they're feeling. And if you can crystallize that and sit there in the feeling with them, so go down into the dumps, wherever dumps they're in, go down into that space and sit down with them and show them a feeling of empathy. Just identify the feeling. Don't come along and say, oh, don't try kill yourself. Or say, it looks like you're very disappointed, very depressed, very down. And then you sit with them until they understand, they feel understood. And when they feel understood, that itself will change three quarters of everything. That's called being present with someone. That's what we lose out because of social media today. That's what we don't get. Nobody lets us feel our feelings because we're always inadequate looking for the next thing, overwhelmed and insecure. And if someone sits there and sits with your feeling, it will change the whole way they operate. And you can change yourself that way too. Your marriage will change totally if you stop solving the other, pro- the other side's quest problems. What you want to do is just sit there with them and feel their pain, feel their suffering, feel their feelings, good and not so good. Validate. Validate, exactly. It's so hard because you always want to just answer. And you don't need to answer anything. Just shut up. Just listen. <laughs> shut your whole thing. What? Exactly. We listen. That's the point. We listen to know how to respond. It's the most amazing thing. I challenge you to this. It's the most difficult thing you've ever done. It's impossible, almost impossible, to go to someone and just sit with them and just listen to them without wanting to answer their question. I'm just listening and I want to feel how you're feeling. And when you felt how they're feeling and you identify and they say, yep, exactly, then you come back and then you can begin to offer a new perspective and you show them how amazing they are. You try on your kids, you try on yourself. My kids are always like all the time now telling me, you know, okay, feel the feeling, they say, feel the feeling. Feet on the ground. <laughs> and then I notice how much they love it. So what you're saying is absolutely right. But I think generationally, we've never been more educated in this than any other generation. Yeah, but we, well, we, then we never do it. slap me and say... Don't cry or don't, you know what I'm saying? Just get over it. Yeah, I want you to do your kid. Now, people today are so more educated and so more... But we don't do it. 
Because you're so caught up in your own life, you have no time. <laughs> I, I can speak to my friend and listen and hear and feel and have empathy. You can't hold space him. all day for other people. No, you're too busy right. with your life. Does anyone do it to you? No, that's not true. Does anyone do it to you, much? Do what to me? Make feel your feeling. Sure. Really? Yeah, and I have friends that I can. That I speak, they speak to me, and I'm there for them. The real I'm feeling. Charging them, and I'm. I, no, I'm the real saying, feeling. I'm not trying to solve their problem. Inadequate. I'm identifying. Does I'm anyone identify your inadequate feeling? Yeah. What? Does anybody what? Identify with your feeling of being inadequate. What does that even mean, inadequate? Like, it depends. Everything's so... Problem also is, it's very hard because he looks at himself, he doesn't count. I look at him and think he's awesome. If I can be like him, I'd be gold. that's the point. You don't have to be entirely inadequate. Listen, I... There's a lot of people driving. There's a lot of people driving. There's a lot of people speaking to, but when I'm in those... When I'm in those times, I don't want to speak to anybody. I want to stay in the mud. In the, you know what I'm saying? And after you feel that, after you feel that, you do it, what Mr. Schwartz was saying before. You, I think Mr. Schwartz. You, or maybe, I don't know, someone says that. You do, you distance yourself. You realize one simple thing. I am not irrelevant. I feel irrelevant. And you change the use of your language. I feel irrelevant. I'm just saying, there are plenty of parents here that are already doing this. And Baruch Hashem, the kids, I think today are much better than we were in the we kids. We were not allowed to feel anything. We didn't even know what a feeling was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we didn't know what a feeling was. Who said there were well, so feelings? So we're coming from the generation from the Holocaust, right? My mother right. stopped crying. She slapped me to stop crying. You know what I'm saying? What are you crying for? Yeah, but when stop you're sitting at the dinner table with your kids, and your kids trying to share a story, and your phone rings, or you get an email, you look at it. Your child feels the same way as you felt when your father said, don't cry. No, yes. A hundred percent. It's not true. A hundred percent. It's not true. We Ask your kid. Ask your kid. We have challenges as well. But I'm saying we, we have, we're educated. At least we're listening. I once heard a brilliant story from a father. So the kids about today kids. will call you out and say, time, yes. not listening. Right. That means they're not afraid I'm not perfect. to say that. We're not perfect. A father once told me that he was with his three-year-old daughter and his wife wasn't around, I believe. And his daughter started crying. And what do fathers do when their daughters are crying and he can't control them? Don't cry. Call mom. He said, don't cry, even though you shouldn't. And the kid kept on crying. So he started the counting thing. And he said, okay, I'm counting to seven. And you better stop crying. Three. I'm counting to three. So then he realizes that three is not high enough. Because he goes, one, two, and it's not working. Okay, two and a quarter. You start over. What do you mean? Two and three eighths. Start one again. So one. <laughs> and it's not working. And then the, the kid, a three-year-old, tells her father. She says, in the middle of her sobs, Tati, I want to stop crying. I don't know how. Okay, it was your kid. It's a story about you. Your husband, actually. <laughs> And that was a good story. Stop screaming at the kid and tell them how. What's the answer? How? When you're screaming, what do you do? You know, by the way, Ari, you guys haven't spoken at all. Ari Hecht. We haven't heard from you guys at all since you walked in. <laughs> what? How to cope, how to deal with things. You can't just tell them. The kids don't know how to do things. You didn't know how to do things when you were a kid. Like, you learn by watching other people do it, by people teaching you skills. What if the person you're watching, which is your father, doesn't know either how to do it himself? 
the he has the same problem. Be messed up. 100%. That's what's going on. Put out the there's no, but he's they, not there's no, you can't solve that. If the parent doesn't know what they're doing, the kid will have consequences. Right, so you can't solve this. If I have a problem, well, exactly. so if we're talking about my kids. that want to fix something. Someone else will teach their kids. What? Hopefully someone else will teach their kids. It's not only parents, Yankee, though. There are other people out there. There are teachers. Yeah, but it's not the same. That's pretty bad. So we're all hopeless. That will get from what they should get. Because we're going to solve the problem. They're teachable. Are you teachable? They'll get something. They'll get something. I agree. Not just my father. Just because you're listening doesn't mean you're teachable. Not everyone's father, but not everyone's, but there were parents. No, but I'm saying their parents. Boy, she, just because you're listening doesn't mean you're teachable. I can't speak for you. Oh, yeah? Okay. How do you go to a Which is worse? Which is worse? Elise. are we good for 745 tomorrow? Are we good for 745? Okay, I want to summarize so that whoever wants can feel free to to bench. If I can issue a little, a little, uh, every Fabrengan has to have a Bechain. Every Fabrengan has to have a Bechain. So I want to suggest one Bechain. A Bechain means and. Abachain means yeah, and what did you walk away with? And here's one suggestion of what to walk away with. The suggestion is on on Hanukkah, if you think about it, they came inside and they lit one candle. And it was ridiculous to light one candle because the candle only had enough light for one day. So if you need a candle for eight days, why are you even trying for one day? Like, what's the point of trying? There's no real need to even try. And yet they decided to try. And so, here's the one Nakoda. This is a, there's a beautiful vart of Rabbi Nachman in Likutim Muaran. He says as follows. He says, it's why they call it Nakuda Teva, the little tiny Nakuda. You got to find one good Nakuda. So here's what he says. He says um, that when you see a person who's a Russia, right? The oid me'at, the ain Russia, the Pasuk says in Telim. A little bit, and there's no Russia. And you'll check out where he is, and you won't see him. And what he explains is that. What you want to do is find one Nakuda, hone in on one Nakuda that is amazing and special and unique and unbelievable. What can you find that's absolutely unbelievable? Here's what I mean. Look at yourself, right, when you're feeling irrelevant. Before you do it on your kids, do it on yourself. You want to help your kids? Help yourself and you'll help your kids. What you want to do is Look at yourself and say, what about me is amazing? Ellie, you hear this? What about you is amazing? Here's what I mean. I saw a guy walked into shul the other day. I hadn't seen him many, many years. The guy's, I don't know, the last time I saw him was on a lot of drugs. And he came inside and years I haven't seen him. Last week he came in and I was 
Very impressed. He walked inside and he was doing a gratitude sheet. Here's Austin, what are you writing? It says gratitude. I don't think gratitude works. I don't think it does anything. Because in order for gratitude to work, you have to find gratitude in something that you're really grateful for. So if you tell me I should be grateful that I have kids and that I have health and that I'm not in the concentration camp, I say that's great, but I want something more. And what it means is find something that you feel, what do you want to be relevant at, right? Ask yourself the question, what, what is amazing? You can be, if you get that, that's the most relevant thing in the world. Whatever that something is, look and find one tiny little nakuda. So let's say, for example, you want to feel important. And you're honest, I want to feel important. You want to feel relevant. You want to feel relevant. Do you see anything about you? Anything, a little tiny thing that's relevant. Not when you breathe. What about you is relevant? And you look for something and you find one tiny little nakuda and you write it down and you focus on it. You get married to someone and you got a not a good marriage. Ask yourself a question. What do you want to feel? What's considered a good marriage? And you say, I want to feel loved and cared for and fulfillment and meaning, etc. Ask yourself, are there any moments in my marriage, any one tiny little moment when I feel awesome like that for a second and write it down and then every time you're feeling down, you say, okay, I'm feeling disappointed, I'm feeling depressed, I'm feeling down, feel it and then go right back into the space of your Nakuda Teva, as Nachman calls it and say, what is good and awesome about what I'm doing over here? And the more you do that, it's like picking up a weight every day. You pick up a little weight, another one, another one, another one, another one. Hanukkah is about one little candle that dispels all the darkness. It's the hardest work ever. It's so tough because you keep on telling yourself, yeah, but I want to be that and I'm not relevant. But from experience, I'll tell you that this changes your whole demeanor. People will look at you and say, wow, a brand new person. You feel inadequate. You feel overwhelmed. You feel whatever you feel. Fine. But what is awesome that you consider awesome? And do you have any moments of that now? And if you can find one tiny moment of what you have, if you do it, you focus on that moment. And every time you're frustrated by everything else, I feel frustrated, and you go right back into that zone. The Tzemach Tzedek said, Tracht gut, sein gut. And that's not Scientology. It's simple, basic life. Tracht gut. If you feel in a good space, you draw good things to you. Want your kids to be amazing and feel incredible and empowered and relevant? Feel it yourself. If you work on yourself to feel the power of how incredible you are, even for one moment, you'll feel relevant. The energy about you will be relevant. Guarantee you your kids will change. Guarantee you that if you feel irrelevant, all your talk in the world about telling your kids how they should feel relevant and important and how important you are will not hit home. It's got to be real. And there's no way to fake authentic. So, L'chaim, that it's Hanukkah tonight, and we get a very special time of Hanukkah. I want to thank everyone for joining this Havrayan. We're going to continue for whoever wants to stay around. If you are going, make sure to ben shalom yichir uber nefashis. Abrach hachreinah. But we will, uh, we're ready to continue over here. And uh, here's the power. I want to wish every one of us that we should discover the inner light inside of us, the beautiful light of Hanukkah, Hanukkah lights last throughout the ages. The menorah lights disappeared. But even when they disappeared, we light one extra light. The light eight. The eighth light is one above nature. And it allows us to continue and to build and to illuminate a dark, dark world. Our world is dark, but Judaism has survived everything. And it's going to survive this one too. 
which means if the problem is irrelevance, then every one of us is going to find the relevance. And the sooner we do it, the sooner we get out of our goals. Right, Rabbi, what's that? Rabbi, what? What's that the sign? The sign? The spy? Uh-huh. You don't know the spy? Oops. Good job. Uh, the, 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 the,